The Big Rab Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice with bands such as Simon Fraser University, Inverarian District, and many, many more playing G1 products. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Well, hello there, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. And um, you may tell by with the absolutely luxurious audio quality that I'm back, baby! Yay! <laughs> wow, I'm so excited to actually have a proper bona fide actual recorder in front of me. Yay! Now, you may well wonder, um, just... It, why or why am I so excited, basically? Well, if you haven't been listening to this past couple of weeks of the Big Rab Show podcast, then uh, where have you been? We've been doing this for quite a while, and this past couple of weeks has been a bit of a struggle, really, because ourselves here in the Big Rab Show, we suffered a bit of a blow uh, after our visit to the Stone Mountain Highland Games, where the conditions were far from pleasant. It was absolutely lashing down, and our recording equipment died on us. It absolutely just went... <laughs> No, and that was it. Toast, the thing was just dead as a dodo. Well, the guys at North Texas Pipe Band heard about this, and, um, yeah, sent us on the Big Rab Show a bit of a gift, and we are now back on the air again with an actual bona fide recorder. Now, I have to say, the generosity of those guys knows no bounds, and I have to say a massive, massive thank you. That was such a generous gift to get us back on the air again. (laughs) And uh, so thank you to everyone at North Texas. What a generous gift. I honestly cannot thank you enough. Um, I put a post up on social media yesterday, actually. Whenever I arrived at the Fuse FM uh, Balamone Studios last night to do the Big Rab Show on Fuse, uh, there was a package for me. And opened the package, and there on the the tag of the thing said, "Here is a gift from North Texas." What I was absolutely speechless, and that's not like me. Normally, I don't get lost for words too often, but that was one of those occasions where I just had no words. Us on the Rab Show, we have been kind of hoping that perhaps come January, maybe even February, that we would have enough finance put together that we'd be able to get ourselves another new recorder for the incoming season. So we weren't that concerned. I did manage to squeeze a podcast out last week, recorded on my cell phone, so again, apologies to all the headphone listeners. Uh, The audio quality last week wasn't that good, but hey, we are now back in business, baby! Oh, I'm so excited because even the, the quality of the audio in my own ears as I'm recording this even sounds quite decent. So I'm just glad to be back with proper audio and now we can put together a good podcast that perhaps isn't as difficult to listen to as the previous ones. So again, a heartfelt thank you to everyone at North Texas Caledonia Pipes and Drums. We will be talking more about you later on in the podcast, I'm sure, because as you've guessed by the title of this week's episode, yes, I'm talking about Stone Mountain again. But trust me, this will be the last time we're visiting this area. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I actually wanted to speak about it last week. But last week's topic of the week sprung upon us, and we had to talk about that. 
This week, we're going to talk about all of my lessons learned from my experience of heading over to the United States for the first time to experience the piping world over there. So I'll let you know my thoughts and lessons learned possibly of how we can do things differently here in the UK and perhaps even things that you in the States could do differently to improve things. You know what I mean? This kind of a give and take thing here. So yeah, that's coming up later on the show. So of course, I have to get myself a cup of tea before we get the topic of the week. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, you're very welcome. This is the Big Rab Show. We are the show for the bagpiping folk. So if it's got bagpipes in it or around or near at all, then we are the show for you, covering everything from the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or even competitive bagpiping, which is our bread and butter. If this is your first show, then where have you been? Uh, Come on, we've been doing this now for, I don't know, ions it appears, to use a real nerdy term, but yeah, you can go and check out our back catalogs, all available now, you can go and check it out, it's on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you're listening to us right now, you can check out our back catalog, it's quite a large selection of topics of the week over there, hmm, some good ones too, and uh, last week's topic of the week was quite a controversial one, let's just say, uh, our email box at thebigrabshow at gmail.com has been incredibly busy, And not all of it good, let me tell you. Now, let it be said that we did receive a lot of commentary from you guys asking pretty much the same questions that we posed on the podcast last week. Loads of questions about accountability for spending money and all of that sort of stuff when we're talking about the refurbishment of the headquarters of the RSPBA in Glasgow. Tons of questions, in fact. Some people even pointing fingers saying that I was deliberately stirring the pot when it didn't need to be stirred. And all sorts of crazy accusations getting flung out there about the show. About what were we doing talking about such a controversial topic. Well, to tell you why we're talking about a controversial topic is because we have to have the conversation. By ignoring it and saying nothing and just hoping that it goes away doesn't mean that it you know, still didn't happen. You know what I mean? By ignoring something, it doesn't really go away. It's still there. And it's still, you know, people have questions. And at the moment, are still getting zero answers. Again, throughout this past week, I've reached out to RSPBA headquarters, and I've uh, managed to email them a bunch of times now, and short of calling the office again, and I don't know, but at the minute, we are still getting absolutely zero response. They, I don't know, I'm not even getting acknowledgements now to my emails. Before, I would normally get an acknowledgement saying, thanks, Rob, I've got your email, we'll get back to you. Now, I'm not even getting that. So, I don't know what's going on. But, yes, RSPBA, please, if you're listening to this and to last week's podcast as well, I did put it out there. That if any of you guys from the association are listening to The Rab Show and you heard our questions asked then all we want is to talk about it. And if you want to put out a statement or like, you know, anything at all that would help address some of the questions that us in the piping world have, then get in contact with us. Email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Imagine if Ian Hamilton sent us a voicemail. Wouldn't that be epic? The voice of the world and a voicemail to us. That would just be insane. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we have reached out to the association in the hope that we would be able to produce a part two to this whole situation of the redevelopment. But as it stands at the moment, we have nothing to report. We've got absolutely no 
response at all. Not even as far as an acknowledgement. So I don't know what we can do. I guess us on the show will just, us on the team will just continue to try and get answers for you guys. Uh, We'll, I don't know. Hopefully we will get some form of a response. I, I don't know. Remains to be seen. Anyway. Let's fly on. Talking about last week's podcast, our listener mail, bigrabshow at gmail.com has been incredibly busy. So thank you to everyone who's been emailing in. Tons of stuff coming in all about the headquarters redevelopment. And like I said, all asking very similar questions that we had just talked about on last week's podcast. So thank you to everyone for that. That will hopefully all be answered in part two if we ever do get a response from our association. I guess we'll have to wait and see when things develop. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get more answers. Hmm. Anyway, we've got some more listener mail. We got one in here saying uh, from Aaron. He says, "Hey, big rab. First off, big fan of the show. The show always knows how to brighten up my day, and it's a good way to keep updated with the happenings in the pipe band world." Thank you very much. I wanted to know if you had read or seen the recent Pipes Drums article about Scots Fest Highland Games in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Yes, I have. And if anything, that's the first thing we're going to talk about on the show this week, Aaron. (laughs) As part of MWPBA, they plan to host a Grade 5 championship with a bigger payout than Grade 1 bands at the Worlds. Yes, this was all recently announced at like an AGM, I think. So the Midwestern Pipe Band Association decided that they were going to hold this big championship with one grade only, being Grade 5. Now, apparently in that area there of Broken Arrow in Oklahoma, apparently the bands around that area are all grade 5 bands. So, to encourage bands to attend the competition in the first place and all of this, it was intended, why not just have a competition with one singular grade and have a big payout? So... Yeah, we'll talk more about that in a sec. We'll just finish this email here. He says, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something other associations across North America, the UK, Australia should do? And here's the link. Take care, Aaron. So, Aaron, thank you, mate. Yeah, I have actually checked out that article and it has created quite a bit of a stir in the bagpiping world with a lot of people asking the same question. Should our own association here in the UK do the same thing? Now, according to the article of Pipestrums.com, looking at how the prize money shakes down, apparently the first place prize winner at this competition, the Grade 5 competition, uh, they would get $2,000. Okay, I'll let that sink in. Top prize is $2,000 for the winning band. Uh, Second prize is $1,500. Third prize is, again, $1,000. So even if you finish in the top three, you're guaranteed at least $1,000 in your sparring for the road home. Crazy. So $800 for fourth and $600 for fifth place. $400 for sixth. You get the idea. Also, for bands travelling over 100 miles to the competition to encourage you to come, they're helping with $350 towards travel costs. So let's just say, for instance... You were a band who came from Glasgow and decided to fly over to compete at this games. And you, yeah, lifted the top spot and you got two grand, plus you got 350 in your pocket. So it's $2,350 in your pocket for competing at a Highland Games. That has to be, 
It's incredible, when, especially whenever you consider... This is what Pipesdrums.com did. They actually compared this to the first prize winner of the Grade 1 at the Worlds. Now, top prize at this is about 1500 quid. We've spoke about this famously quite a lot on the podcast, that the prize money for the Grade 1 World Champion is kind of peanuts, really. And whenever you consider it's our biggest competition of the season, and bands you know, solely base their entire competitive year for this one prize, and it's 1500 quid, which is just about $1,900 American. I think that's how it works out. So, I, I don't know. You know, seeing how this competition's able to throw so much money at the top prize with two grand and then an extra 350 on top of it if you travel... That's insane, and it's, it's, oh, I don't know, it's caused such a stir online, and it's, if anything, it's really encouraging to see that the Midwest Pipe Band Association doing this, I think it's an, an incredible idea, um, you know, that's actually injecting a bit of life into the Grade 5 competition in that area, and I dare say we'll see quite a lot of bands attending this competition, juking it out, trying to get that top spot, because let's face it, bands are strapped for cash, and two grand in your sparring for the road home would be very welcome. So, yeah, shout out to the Midwest Pipe Band Association. This competition's going to be really interesting. So, Scott Fest Highland Games, Broken Arrow, and I think that's near Tulsa, I think it is. Looking at the map here, I could be completely wrong. Uh, so, September 19th, 2020, I will be very interested to hear how this competition goes. So, considering the amount of money on the table... And I would be very interested to see how many bands show up to try and grab that top spot. And just how hard fought it will be. I'm sure it will be incredibly interesting. Now there's that. That's the band competition. But they're also going to have loads of other stuff happening as well on the day. They'll have all the solo competitions as usual, as you would expect. But loads of other little stuff around the place as well as part of the games. That's going to be all sorts of interesting. I'm going to be, yeah, I really want to keep up to date with that. So... I'm sure you guys here in the podcast will not let me forget about that. We'll just, yeah, you'll keep me informed. Rob, what about that competition? Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That is an interesting one article. So thank you very much for your email, Arm. And uh, yeah, if you guys have any other such emails or uh, commentary on the Pipe Band World, you can email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. All right. It's that point in the show where we love to get stuck into things. But first of all, let's get through the domestics, shall we? Um, So, yeah, this week's episode can't go any further without giving a shout out to the Piper's Dojo. Yeah, recently you guys actually have been killing it over there at the Piper's Dojo. Yeah, you've all been ticking up our special offer uh, where we offer you 30 days of Dojo Premium for just one dollar so one dollar and you get to take the whole premium membership for a test drive you get access to all the live lessons you have one-to-one tuition lessons with some of the top pipers in the game you have access to absolutely everything that the website has to offer because you know if you have the premium membership then all the paywall drops so you can take the entire thing for a test drive for just one dollar and what's not to love now trust me I do know that after 30 days of you having a test drive of the website, you're going to want to sign up because there is so, so much on this website for Pipers. It's just ridiculous. So if you're wanting to lift the chanter for the first time, like me, Pipers Dojo is an absolutely 
it's, it's an incredible resource for absolute beginners, but also it can be useful for advanced players as well. So say you're wanting to sharpen up your P-Brick plan or learn how to phrase that Strasbay just a certain way that gives it a certain swing. You know what I mean? So yeah, go and check it out. TheBigRabShow.com forward slash dojo. That's where you can get our special offer. We can get 30 days worth of premium for one dollar so once you sign up you get access to all the facebook groups and the backroom chatty things and all this sort of stuff and the community all, all you know everyone's all in there helping each other out and posting videos and practice tips and ah, there's so much it's ridiculous <laughs> so go and check it out if you are interested in learning any kind of piping online piper's dojo is the place to do it so yeah consider taking our test drive for one dollar you get 30 days why not take it for a spin yeah, you never know, you might love it. Also, for drummers, do not feel neglected. Yes, we have our own website for online tuition, and that is Rhythm Monster. Yeah, you guys know us and the Rab Show have featured Rhythm Monster quite a lot here on the Rab Show. And, yeah, they have launched their brand new exciting uh, project called Pad Lab. If you haven't seen that yet, there is a free version available. You can go along and check out some of the videos on, about Pad Lab. And is absolutely incredible. It's an amazing tool where you can fast forward drum scores, play them backwards, upside down, slow them down, repeat certain sections, uh, zoom in on the player's sticks and everything. And ah, it's just amazing. Just amazing. So go and check it out. Rhythm Monster. And of course, if you are going to sign up, for a monthly or an annual subscription, then don't forget to use our promo code BIGRABMONSTER for 10% off at the checkout whenever you're signing up. So there you go. Also, uh, you guys recently have been concerned about our audio recorder kind of debacle, and you guys have been actually really active in supporting us. So thank you. A lot of you have been signing up to our Patreon. So thank you, everyone. Shout out to all of the Patreon faithful. You guys are awesome. You really are. And uh, yeah, because every click of support really does mean the world. And yeah, for incidents like this, whenever our equipment goes, it gives us a chance to be able to, yeah, get everything replaced. But yeah, thanks to the guys at North Texas. We are back. Uh, but So yeah, but your Patreon support will definitely go into hopefully getting some new microphones and stuff. Because these mics that we have, yeah, they're sort of knackered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they've been battered and thrown about and bags and the you know boots of cars and all sorts so yeah they're a little bit worse for wear so so perhaps some new mics and stuff will be very very useful so yeah consider going and supporting us there over on patreon now for five bucks a month what do you get for your money says you well number one you get to be safe in the knowledge that you are part of the Big Rab Show Patreon faithful. Plus, you'll get all sorts of special little uh, Patreon exclusives back there. There is loads of interviews, episodes of Rab Show Plus is up there. Plus, there's also an exclusive episode of the Rab Show podcast that has not been released. It's called The Bedroom Episode. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's exclusive for Patreon-only subs. We have interviews with Chris Pollock... Uh, who else do we have? Guys from St. Lawrence Atul, Fred Morrison. We've got some of the big names in the piping world back there in Patreon. And so, yes, go and check it out. Loads of backstage videos and clips and exclusive things available only for Patreon subs. So if you are interested in helping support the show and you would like to get your hands on tons of extra stuff, then for five bucks a month, go and click on the Patreon page. And yeah, you can really help support the show. 
Also, I have to give a shout to everyone who's been buying Big Rab Show merch. Now, we are in the middle of the Christmas rush at the moment, it would appear. A lot of you guys are buying up Rab Show merch at the moment like crazy. Uh, I am kind of feeling like a bit of a clothing distributor at the minute. So bear with us, guys. We are getting into the Christmas crunch. Everyone seems to be buying their gifts at the moment. So we've had a bit of a logjam when it comes to the hoodies. Uh, don't worry, we will get it sorted. It's just yeah, <laughs> demand, I think. So yeah, visit thebigrabshow.com forward slash shop and you can get your hands on tons of Big Rab Show merch. Now, but possibly one of our... Uh, or what do you call it? One of her best-selling items is the new hoodies, the red and black hoodies. They're very cosy, I have to say, and very, very useful come the winter months. Uh, so the Rab Show red and black hoodies are really popular, plus the tiles as well. Now, whenever I was over with the guys at North Texas, I managed to gift them a set of tiles to the drum corps, and they were all very gratefully received because of the absolute lashing rain. The tiles came in very handy. So, yeah, consider going over there to therabshow.com forward slash shop. And, uh, yeah, pick yourself up some Rab Show merch for Christmas. Yeah. Okay, that's the domestics taken care of. Let's get through some actual bagpiping news, shall we? Right. The Scots Trad Music Awards. Yay! Yes, the Scots Trad Music Awards 2019 have announced their final nominees. Now, I am not going to sit here and rhyme off a list of nominees in all the different categories. But there's Album of the Year, there's Live Act of the Year, there's... All your usual categories that you normally get. So, I'm not going to read a list for you. But the Scots Trad Music Awards happen each and every year. And they're quite prestigious here in the UK. They kind of are like the Oscars of the Scots Trad Music scene. So, if you are... Whoa, what just happened? If you are... (laughs) What was that? Something just fell down on my desk. Oh, random. See, this is when I should edit things. Um, yeah, Scots Trad Music Awards, they're kind of like the Academy Awards of the trad music scene in Scotland. So, yeah, some big, big names in there in the trad world. And, of course, they have a category in there for pipe bands. Yes, the Scottish Pipe Band of the Year, sponsored by the Gordon Duncan Memorial Trust. We have five, four, sorry, four pipe bands nominated in here for the Scottish Pipe Band of the Year. They include Renfrewshire Schools Pipe Bands. Go on, the Renfrewshire! We also have Inverarian District, of course, our current world champions. We have Klaus Kelt as well. So well done to Klaus Kelt there, getting a nomination. And shout out also to Dollar Academy. So there you are, our Scottish Pipe Band of the Year nominees for the Scots Trad Music Awards. Now you can go and put this into Google, just type in Scots Trad Music Awards, and they're all open for public vote. So if you are a trad music and Celtic music fan, All you have to do is head along over there and, uh, yeah, place your vote for your own particular favourite. So, yeah, now when the awards get announced and everything, we will let you know the eventual winner. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. So shout out to you guys. Well done on getting your nomination. This is quite a prestigious award. I can't really portray it well enough for international listeners, but this is kind of a big deal in the trad music scene here in in the UK. So, yeah, congratulations, guys. That's quite an achievement. Well done. Okay, swiftly moving on without reading a list. I was quite impressed. I didn't read the list there of everyone. So album of the year, some real good contenders in there. Ooh. Anyway, move on, Rab. Don't read the list. Don't read the list. Resist the temptation. Okay. <laughs> Coming up this weekend, Saturday the 9th of November. So depending on when you're listening to this, of course, it may have already happened. But Saturday the 9th of November, the Levi Invitational Freestyle Solo Drumming Event is happening. And I cannot wait for this. 
This event has been sold out now for months and with good reason. Now, we have announced the lineup, I think, on previous Big Rab shows. We talked all about who's going to be competing at this. Oh, man, it just reads like a who's who of the drumming world. It's just going to be amazing. So, they're raising money for a charity in Scotland called Enable, which is a charity for people with learning difficulties and special needs. So, yes, shout out to Enable. This is going to be quite a good fundraiser and a very worthy cause. Now, the reason why we're mentioning it again on this week's podcast is because on Saturday, 9th of November, the Big Rab Show will be there. We will be live streaming uh, all of the performances with a bit of luck plus the all-important results so you'll get to see who actually wins. Now, this is something that hasn't happened at previous Invitational Freestyle Drumming solo events uh, because... Yeah, there's been, yeah, Rab Show weren't there and nobody else really did it and stuff. So, yeah, they're actually throwing a bit of weight behind it now and trying to get some more online content and stuff. So, us on the Big Rab Show are very happy to help. So, thank you very much to Jim Baxter for the very kind invitation. So, yeah, us on the Big Rab Show team will be there 9th of November, live streaming everything from the Levi Invitational Freestyle Solo Drumming event. I'm so stupidly excited for this. It's going to be ridiculous. So... If you can't make it, and at this point, if you haven't got a ticket, then chances are you won't make it because it's sold out. And it's ticket only, I'm afraid. So, yeah, if you want to go and see what happens at this event, then head along to the Big Rab Show Facebook page, where we'll be live streaming all the action, warts and all. So I think there is a bona fide MSR competition where it's judged straight down the line as a proper competition. And then after that, there's a freestyle competition where drummers just have free reign to do as they please. Basically something similar to drumming for drinks, equally just as entertaining. So, yeah, I can't wait for this. So check it out, Big Rab Show Facebook page this weekend on Saturday, as we'll be live streaming from this incredible event I'm really looking forward to. Okay, shout out to the City of London Pipe Band, who put out a bit of an advertisement via their social media over this past week. They're saying, Attention, all tenor drummers! So, yeah, I hope you've got your attention, tenors. So, are you a tenor drummer and you're able to play in grade 3 standard or above? Do you want to actively compete at major competitions? But you can't fit in two practices a week. As a band, they've grown significantly. Uh, they'll be having monthly weekend practices in London to accumulate players who live further afield, including Scotland, Wales, Ireland and France. So if your answers are yes to any of those questions, the City of London Pipe Band would like to hear from you. So, yes, Grade 3 standard or above, and yes, you don't need to commit to two practices a week. However, you may need to practice on a monthly weekend basis so you're talking weekend full practices so yeah if that sounds interesting to you and you would like to go and play with the city of london pipe band then why not go and check them out city of london pipe band just check check it out on their facebook their twitter and all that sort of social media type stuff you can go and contact them and they'll be very interested to hear from you there you go all right let's fly on let us see uh what's next on my script here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Scottish Piping Society, yes, of course. So from Friday and Saturday past there just happened was the annual Scottish Piping Society of London competition. Uh, so it was held this year in the Caledonian Club, which looked absolutely awesome. I've seen the photographs. So the winner, the overall champion piper, and this was in its 80th year. Wow, 80th year. So, yeah, the overall champion this year was Callum Bowman. Congratulations, Callum! Yes! 
Go on, sir. Yes, not bad at all. Second place was Ian Spears in the Brackgorm. And then Alistair Henderson, who was third. Uh, fourth was Glenn Brown. And fifth was Peter McAllister. Not bad. So Callum actually managed to win, I think, uh, he played the Lament for the Earl of Antrim, which is not a bad set at all. So I would like to hear the, the actual performance. I haven't actually heard it yet. Any of the I think from the Scottish Piping Society of London. So dead interested to hear recordings of that so if anyone out there actually has that winning performance by Callum send it our direction we would really like to hear um, also the William uh, Gillies Memorial Trophy went to Callum Bowman as well so there you go uh, so yeah shout out to that and second was Alistair Henderson third was Stephen Lesk and third was uh, Roddy McLeod so there you go yeah, so quite a good competition, and in its 80th year, not bad at all. But like I said, there's been very little in the way of online content from this, but I haven't heard any recordings of it yet. So if you have anything from the Piping Society of London uh, competition, please send them our direction. We would love to hear it. Okay, in other news, the Cleland Memorial Pipe Band welcomes you to a coffee morning and bun sale. I love this! Love this. When pipe bands are doing fundraising, then we want to hear about it. And one such band is Cleanham Memorial. So if you are in the Bangor area and you do fancy going and helping out with the guys at the Cleanland, then they're holding a coffee morning and bun sale. 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on Saturday the 16th of November at the Scout Hall and Blue Avenue in Bangor. So there you go. All proceeds go, war- go towards the band. So shout out to the Cleanland Memorial. Selling coffee and buns to raise a bit of cash. Not bad. <laughs> so 16th of November, 10am and Blue Avenue. Why not? Go and help support the guys. Alright. Another little bit of news then was Trapican and Bathgate have a bit of an announcement. Their recruitment drive still continues apparently and they have now confirmed their lead tenor for the 2020 season is Cara Montoya. Cara, you! Well done, Cara. So Cara apparently brings a wealth of percussion experience to the band and they're looking forward to seeing her core develop over the coming months. Apparently the band are still currently looking for any other tenor drummers who are interested in joining Cara. Uh, so all you can know, all you have to do is message them or their lead drummer, Cara Williams, uh, via social media. And yeah, you can get in touch with them and take up the challenge with playing with Torpecken and Bathgate. There you go. Congratulations, Cara, on your new appointment, lead tenor. Not bad. Also, speaking of... Uh, pipe bands and drummers and all that sort of stuff well one such band is selling a set of drums Port Lathan and District are selling their full set of Premier HTS 800 drums uh, they're all gone, they're all for sale so they have 13 snares 6 tenors and a bass drum and all you have to do is contact Port Lathan and District for full information now for you guys who are a bit of drumming nerds like me you know these drums as soon as you see them, you'll know it's Port Lathans because they have that beautiful red fade thing going on with the deep red going into the black. And oh, these drums are gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, and they've been well looked after too. And you guys know that they sound good too because Port Lathan have had a pretty decent couple of seasons with these. So, yeah, contact the guys at Port Lathan who are selling their drums currently. And, uh, yeah, you can, who knows, you can get your hands on these amazing drums. And we all know they sound good. Of course. Okay, shout out to Manawatu Pipe Band. Yeah, shout out to the guys in New Zealand. There you go. Manawatu are holding a spring Cayley. This is to celebrate Stu's 20 years at Pipe Major. 
<laughs> so 20 years for a pipe major stew uh, they're holding a bit of a keely uh, so pipe major of Manawatu Scottish congratulations Stu so this is one way to celebrate it come and support the Manawatu Scottish pipe band uh, who will be holding uh, you know performances both their number one and their number two pipe band on the 16th of November 2019 6pm until late or the we are's, let's just say. There will be dinner, a live band, and they have a bring your own drinks policy. So this will be held in the Kilwinning Lodge in Church Street, Palmerston North. Apparently tickets are $60 each and can be purchased by emailing Manawatu Scottish Pipe Band at gmail.com. There you go, that address again. Manawatu Scottish Pipe Band, all one word there, at gmail.com. Get your tickets, and if you are in the Palmerston North area, then why are you going to miss this event? You need to get to this. This will be all sorts of amazing. Bring a carry out and just enjoy the best possible music and crack possible. Yeah, if I was anywhere near that, I'd definitely be going to that. So go and help the guys at Manawatu celebrate uh, their Pipe Major's 20th year. Congratulations. Okay, flying on. Uh, Shots and Dykehead Caledonia Pipe Band have been organising this now for a few years and it seems to be getting more and more success as each year rolls by. I'm talking about the Junior Piping and Drumming Championships, the solo event. So this is being held in Calderhead High School on the 30th of November 2019. Now, the whole draw was published online via Shots' website. And apparently there were some mistakes in there or something. So they had to recheck the thing and actually redraw it again, I think, by all accounts. So you can go along now, check it out. It's on Shots and Dykehead's website. I think along with ticket information and stuff for you to get along to this. And trust me, I've said this before. This event sells out in a heartbeat. You need to get to this. Because <laughs> some of these kids that are competing at this event are just the cream of the crop. And uh, and actually, it's kind of encouraging to see whenever you see such young kids playing at such a high standard, it lets you know that the piping world's in a very healthy state for the next generation. So the 30th of November, 2019 in Calderhead High School. Check out Shots and Dykehead's website for full information and to grab your tickets. Okay, I have to give a shout out then to Akatabui, bagpipe specialist. Now, that's not easy to say, uh, and I may only say it another couple of times here in the podcast, but for fear of being stuff that Rab got wrong. Uh, so they wanted, they shared some news with us this week. They have made the decision to close their shop facility in Falkirk. Now, that means that you can no longer go to Falkirk and actually visit their store. They will have no physical shop front for you to walk in and check out their products. But this does not mean the company has ceased trading or that they'll no longer supply a fantastic range of products as they normally do. It's simply going to be increased customer demand for online services, which has caused them to do this. So, the cost of maintaining a shop and everything can no longer be justified because most of their business appear to have been doing incredibly well online. So, yeah, they made the decision to shut up shop and remain online only. So for anyone interested and, yeah, you're thinking, oh no, they've shut down. No, they haven't. They've just closed the shop. So rest assured, they're going nowhere and they will continue to offer the same level of service and customer customer service and all of their amazing products as always. So shout out to Akatabui, bagpipe specialists, closing their shop front door in Falkirk, but worldwide continuing to trade as they should. So well done, guys. Uh, so, right. 
The next bit of news that I have is by Klaus Keltz. Did you guys manage to see this? Yes, Grantia Pipe Band held a bit of a fundraiser concert. And Klaus Kelt Pipe Band actually performed this. Now... Looking at the performance videos themselves, I would actually have to say I'm a bit of a fan. Again, blowing that big Chesney robust sound, you just can't mistake it anywhere. Klaus Kelt have their own sound at this point. You know, they're, you can never, uh, you know, discount them. You, as soon as you hear the first two, three notes, ah, that's Klaus Kelt. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't know, a bit of pipe band nerd in me, but I can always tell a pipe band by their sound. Maybe that's just me, but as soon as I heard the first couple of notes, I knew that was Klaus Kelt. Klaus Kelt on stage. Now, they were a mini band. And some of the comments that I got online were kind of daft, to be honest, saying, Oh, I thought they were a big grade one band. Yes, they are a grade one band. This was a, a mini band playing at a small fundraiser concert for a Grantia Pipe Band. So, of course, they didn't have their full band there. So, some of the comments and stuff that you got online about Grancha, or, uh, Grancha, some of the comments you got about Klaus Kelt's performance were about, oh, I thought they were a bigger band now, and they're, oh, I thought they were a big, big shot in grade one. Uh, yes, they are a big shot in grade one. They were promoted, and listening to the performances, you could see why. These guys played to a very high standard, has to be said. This is the winter months where bands famously do take a break from performing, and actually go to ground and start developing their new material. So to see Klaus Kelt, who are pushing into Grade 1 this year, actually hitting the stage at this point is quite impressive, because by the, you know a lot of players would normally just throw the bagpipes under the bed for a few months and never see them again. <laughs> Until January, February rolls around and your pipe major decides, eh, we have to play in some new chanters, boys. So Klaus Kelt on stage... I was, you know, to be honest, I was suitably impressed. It was a great performance at Grant's concert. And, um, yeah, to all the naysayers, uh, I just say, wise up. <laughs> Consider that this was in, yeah, November. At the end of October, start of November. And it was a mini band. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, if you are interested, you can go along. There, uh, recordings are all up there on YouTube now. I think it's Crazy Red had them up there on our YouTube channel. But we have linked them all on the Rab Show Facebook page. So if you did miss them, you can go and check out Klaus Kelt Pipe Band as they hit the stage at Grant's concert. There you go. Also, speaking of video content, I have to say a very special plug. I'm a bit reluctant to do it. But a huge, huge plug for BBC Alba. Now, I've been saying this now for years that the coverage on BBC Scotland of the World Championships is just okay. Now, I'm not taking it away from Jackie Bird and from Bob Worrell, the absolute legend, uh, but the coverage on there is always kind of pitched at people, how best I say this, people who are not piping fans, let's say. So the BBC have to put it through a filter, so who people who don't really understand what's going on so you spend the majority of the coverage actually explaining what's happening for those of you who haven't watched the bbc scotland coverage by the way that's kind of what it is uh bob worrell and jackie bird are a commentary team and they spend their times commenting on the event how it runs what's happening why are people here why is this exciting all of that kind of thing rather than actually just focusing on the music and the action that happens in the arena. Well, this is what BBC Alba do incredibly well. All they do is introduce the bands, 
introduced. Here we are. Here's Field Marshal and their MSR. And that's it. That is it. That's no, there's no more talking. Field Marshal walk on and they play. You hear the entire performance from start to finishing stroke. Then you get another little, oh, that was good from Field Marshal. And here we now have some bog hole. And pff, in comes bog hole. They play their full set again. And boom, wasn't that great? Brilliant. Here we go. Here's some Glasgow Sky. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They just show you the bands and they let them play. They let them play, which was just priceless. It's really, really good. So the coverage on BBC Alba, I have to say, I am a massive fan. If you haven't checked it out yet and you're living here in the UK, go and check it out. It's all up there in the iPlayer right now, the BBC Catch-Up service. You can go, I think episode one was out this past week there. I think it went out on the 2nd of November. Uh, Episode 2 is coming this week, this incoming week. Uh, So, yeah, two episodes, I think, in total uh, for all of this coverage from BBC Alba. But trust me, you get full performances with high-quality audio and the visuals are amazing. Oh, it's incredible stuff. Go and check it out. Shout out to the guys at BBC Alba. You have absolutely knocked it out of the park again, as you do each and every year. And uh, so, again, I'm not taking it away from BBC Scotland. They do a great a great job, um, but they do a difficult job because they do have to pitch it to an audience who aren't specifically piping fans. But obviously, the people who are watching it on BBC Alba know a thing or two about the trad scene and the whole piping scene. So they are able just to present it as it should be. So fantastic stuff. Go and check it out. It's on the BBC iPlayer now. Go and check it out, all right? (laughs) Now, I have to give a shout then to the city of Chicago Pipe Band. Yeah! Giving you a cheer. Why not? Because at the Midwest Pipe Band Association annual general meeting, the city of Chicago Pipe Band were named the Supreme... Hold on, I'm going to get this right. The Champion Supreme Grade 3 Band for the 2019 season. There you go. So that's how that works. If anything, I was kind of interested to see if there was like what we have here in the UK being the champion of champions. So these awards appear to be awarded at AGMs. So they're awarded to solo players. I think Jim Williamson, actually a good friend of the show, he managed to get a Champion of Champion uh, prize as well. So shout out to him as a solo player. Uh, But also the bands get awarded their Champion of Champions prizes as well. Although you guys call them Champion Supreme, which I like that. I know it sounds like a chicken dinner, mind you. Uh, Chicken Supreme Tenders or something. So, (laughs) I don't know. But Champion Supreme Grade 3 Band was the City of Chicago, so well done. If anything, I'm interested to see who got it for the other grades. I didn't see those announced anywhere online, so I'll have to have a look at that and see if I can find them. Uh, But, yeah, congratulations, City of Chicago. Well done. So, right, that was was a bit interesting. If anything, I delved in a little bit into the topic of the week there. Did you notice that? (laughs) Things that I learned from the US. Anyway, flying on. Another little news story. I just wanted to give a particular mention to Mr. Irvine McCabe. Well done, Irvine. Uh, Why am I giving him a shout? It's because he was at the AGM uh, branch meeting there, the Northern Ireland RSPBA Northern Ireland Branch AGM meeting not too long ago where he was he presented a new trophy to the branch. So there you go. I just wanted to give him a particular mention because there was a photograph took with him in Winston Pinkerton, of course, the president of our own branch. And yeah, it's just very heartwarming to see that, you know, new trophies are being introduced and everything. So yeah, congratulations to Mr. Irvin McCabe. Well done, mate. Also, yes, congratulations has to go to Mr. John Wilson. Now, you guys know John Wilson. He is a judge of note, a Pebrook expert. He is actually, he's a comp 
compare an MC and broadcaster of note as well. Well, he's been introduced to the traditional music hall of fame. Yeah, not bad. So for full details, you can go to Hands Up for Trad. I'm not just going to give you a blow-by-blow report of why Mr. John Wilson was introduced to the Hall of Fame. But come on, you guys should know who John Wilson is. And if I have to explain it to you here on the podcast who John Wilson is... Are you even a piping fan? (laughs) I'm joking, of course. For full information, you can go along, check it out on the Big Rab Show Facebook page. We have everything up there about his uh, Music Hall of Fame inductee and everything and the reason why he was inducted along with all of his history in the piping world. Go and check it out. It's very worthwhile read. So, yeah, it's on the Rab Show Facebook page and it's linked to the Hands Up for Trad website. Now, one last thing in the piping news before we get into this week's topic of the week is I wanted to give a shameless plug to Chris Armstrong. Yeah, Chris Armstrong, ChrisArmstrong.co. I can just about talk. Yeah, he launched something that was actually quite exciting. He's calling it The Collection, which is quite a good title. It's called The Collection, which is a new pipe music collection from Chris. It's all published in a digital format. So with over 70 new compositions and arrangements, there's plenty of material that will broaden your own repertoire and that of your band. The tunes are all linked to the titles in the contents page, making it easier to navigate around if you're using a computer and a tablet and stuff, even a smartphone if you're on the go. Now, these are all available for digital download or on pre-order on a USB flash drive. Now, this is available from chrisarmstrong.co. There you go. So go and check it out. The collection. Now, the 70 new compositions. I dare say Chris Armstrong will be presenting some of these tunes coming into the coming seasons with Scottish Power. Uh, we all know Chris is an absolute legend when it comes to composition and actually just coming up with new and innovative tunes and ideas for the piping world. He is kind of at the forefront of modern piping, along with the likes of Ross Ainsley, uh, Lincoln Hilton, and, you know, all the likes, of course. So Chris is up there with them. You know, definitely worth checking out. The Collection by Chris Armstrong, definitely going to be worth checking out. I'm a drummer, and even I want to get a look at this. (laughs) So there you go. Shameless plug, no doubt, but I can do it because it's my show. Grant. Well, at this point in the show, it's time for me to go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the Topic of the Week. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you. With a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. The Horace Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row, Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles, enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all 
completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row, Belfast. Check them out. Hi, this is Ross Ainsley, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Ah, <laughs> indeed. Topic of the week time, and I've just had a big cup of tea, and said hello to the wife and kids for five minutes, and now I've come back out again, and I'm doing Topic of the Week. Now, I know people are sick to death of hearing me talking about Stone Mountain Highland Games and my trip to Atlanta to play with the guys of North Texas. But I wanted to talk about it one last time here on the podcast, because I feel it's worthwhile. I actually learned so much from my experience that I didn't feel I really put across on my on-the-ground reports. So, yeah, I spent a good bit of time presenting that podcast and talking to everyone and just having the best time, but didn't actually take the time to sit down to talk to you guys, the podcast listeners, and tell you about my actual experience firsthand. Now... Straight out the gate, I have to get the thank yous out of the way. I know I've said it a million times before, but I cannot thank the guys at North Texas enough for such an incredible, life-changing experience. And I mean that. It was absolutely life-changing. I have been saying it for years, how I would always love to experience piping and drumming in you know an international field now whether that be in the united states canada australia new zealand wherever i would just love to experience it on a different a different continent to see how it's done and hey you guys know i made two or three episodes on it on piping in the united states where we talked about it and how it's done differently and uh, how i always just kind of thought it was just one of those dreams that would never happen well Thanks to the guys at North Texas for the opportunity. They said, hi, you know, we know you haven't played in years, but hi, come on, there's a competition happening. Why don't you come over? You can play with us and, uh, yeah, see firsthand for yourselves just what it's like over here in the United States. So, you talk about being uh, (laughs) flabbergasted, I think. To coin a phrase, I was absolutely stunned and had to say, yeah, I couldn't turn down the opportunity to play again. Plus, also, the opportunity to see what it's like to play in the United States was just too good an opportunity to miss. So, again, to the guys at North Texas, thank you so much. The audio quality you're listening to right now is, again, thanks to the guys at North Texas. So they have been incredibly generous and supportive of our show and everything that we do. I just can't thank them enough. They're incredible. Also, to Jeremy from Lone Star Piper, who was just an absolute legend on our trip. Myself and Winston uh, flew over here. Flew over there, sorry. (laughs) Flew over there from Northern Ireland uh, to go and compete with the guys. Now, Winston, has he's a bit of a veteran. He's been part of North Texas now for, I think, a year or so, a couple of years now. Uh, so he's played with the guys before. But this was my first experience. And Jeremy kind of took us under his wing. He drove us around places. And uh, you guys seen some of the social media stuff where I was being taken to the International House of Pancakes. Oh, my God. Now, that was life-changing, and I still can't get a a peanut butter waffle with maple syrup that even gets close to what I tasted in that. Oh, man. And the Waffle House as well. Waffle House. Waffle House. 
I loved the Waffle House, man. I didn't want to leave, but they had to lever me off the chair. It was insane. The food was incredible. I had Mexican food that just blew my mind, and I had no clue food could even taste like that. The the pancakes, the... Come on. Absolutely everything that I managed to eat over there was just... (laughs) I, just, I, I don't know, it really opened my eyes to a complete different world. I'm used to food in the UK, especially here in Ireland, where food is for function. Over the United States, I can truthfully say, food is to be enjoyed, it's for fun. Like you eat something just for the sheer yay of it. Whereas over here, you're eating it because you know it'll keep you from not being hungry for a few hours. So, yeah... We eat for function here in the UK. Yeah, we throw down a, you know, a nice soggy burger or, a, you know, an old plate of chips or something. And that'll hopefully tie you over until your next feed of spuds. But over there, whoa, the food, man, was insane. So Jeremy kind of gave me a bit of a culinary <laughs> tour of Atlanta. And, um, yeah, some incredible stories. We actually managed to visit a restaurant uh, that's quite famous uh, called Hooters. Now, I can hear everyone laughing right now. Uh, that was, that was an experience, not gonna lie, um, that was fun, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I wasn't going to be drinking any alcohol because it was lunchtime, I was thinking, oh, come on, it's one in the afternoon, and yeah, we're gonna start eating some chicken wings, where's good for wings, ah, oh, let's go to Hooters, okay, so we went to Hooters and uh, we ended up having pitchers of beer, Winston and I, and Jeremy couldn't because he was driving. But man, what a good time. We ended, we, we didn't want to leave. And the, the, the people in the restaurant started taking photographs with us and all the two crazy Irish guys. It was the best crack. And then we rolled up the street and found an Irish bar and had a few pints of Guinness in there with a fella who actually came from Ireland. I think it was from Carlo or something. So, oh, man. It's so many stories, it's just ridiculous. But again, all these stories all happened thanks to Jeremy Downs of Lone Star Piper. So thank you, Jeremy, for being our chauffeur, our minder, and our food connoisseur as well. Absolute legend, I cannot thank him enough. It's just a, what an incredible experience. Thank you, Jeremy. Okay, so moving on from that, what are the actual lessons I took from my trip in Stone Mountain? Well, when I was there, I actually made a series of notes of things that I really wanted to remember for whenever I come home and actually sit and make this podcast for you guys. And number one thing that I put on my list of things to remember is number one, passion. And that's one of the biggest things I take away from the piping scene or my experience of the piping scene in the United States is that everyone involved in this have an absolute passion for it, almost to the point of being fanatical. And that's one thing that is certainly not a negative. If anything, here in the UK, we really take for granted what we have. Now, that's one of the biggest takeaways I have is that Everyone in the United States are so passionate about it and have a massive love for the music that, you know, it's just all-encompassing. They absolutely love it. Whereas here in the UK, we kind of are a bit blasé about it. You know, we can go to a competition and who's that tuning up over there? Ah, Field Marshal, who's that? Ugh, that's just shots, you know. And, you know, you're kind of very flippant about it. Whereas if Field Marshal or shots were to land at a venue such as Stone Mountain... They'd be treated like the Beatles. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God, there's John Lennon. No, it's not. It's Richard Parks. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, they would be treated like absolute rock stars. They're so passionate about piping and drumming. And that's the real big takeaway that I take away from the whole thing. My whole experience, number one, is the absolute passion for piping and drumming. Now that was such an encouraging thing because what I was worried about is that I was, you know, I would go over there to the United States and find that people were just, I I don't know, they were kind of just phoning it in in the hope that they could wear a kilt kind of thing and go for a beer and look at me, I'm a Scotsman. Now I have been warned about that. There has been kind of that kind of element of things whereas, you know, you get people who just turn up to events wearing kilts and all of that. There is all of that element of it, I suppose. But that's the people who are huge into the genealogy and their family history and all of that. But what I was interested in is the people who were passionate about the music. And the people who were there to be a part of that music, they were there for the music. Does that make any sense? It probably doesn't. But for me, that's my biggest takeaway. Is that the people who were there really, really wanted to be there and absolutely loved it. I don't know quite how to put it across, but everyone I spoke to had such a passion for the music and just spoke to me about tune selection, uh, obviously tons of questions about G1, (laughs) shout out to G1, and loads of questions about my sticks that I was using and just how many years that I've been playing and so many questions. People were genuinely interested and passionate about the music too, you know? So that's one thing I really took from it. I thought it was just incredible. Also, one of the biggest things, number two on my list, was the friendliness of all the bands and that there was a real sense of what I have here on my list, community the pipe band world here in the uk uh, we we do have that we call ourselves the pipe band family because we all know each other the uk is is quite a small place in comparison to the united states so we all know each other we all know who plays and what band and why and blah 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 all that sort of stuff but in the united states because you guys are so far spread out that whenever you come together at an event such as this at stone mountain that there is a real sense of community and everyone is like meeting you know your old aunts and uncles you haven't seen in years and go oh hey there you are I haven't seen you oh good to see you're still playing buddy good man but that's one of the things that I really got the sense of is that there was a real sense of community the piping community the feeling of that was ultra strong and now we were all set aside in a pipe band village And that kind of helped the whole thing because everyone was together. Now, we don't get that here in the UK. That's possibly one of the things I think we could do better. Uh, Whenever we have a competition here in the UK, bands just arrive and tune up wherever they land. So everyone's split and spread out all over the park. So you could be under trees, you could be in a car park, you could be wherever. And the whole thing is spread out far and wide and bands aren't really actively encouraged to socialise. But in this particular setting where there was kind of a like a marquee village, loads of little tents where each band was allocated a tent, essentially a pipe band village. And that kind of encouraged the whole community feel where bands were walking in between each other's tents, offering beer and, hey, you guys, you hungry? Do you like something to eat? And bringing over, you know, sandwiches. I think one band actually had a whole big setup where they were cooking, you know, proper hot dinners and things. 
bringing all these like steaks and burgers and chicken wings and all this stuff out of big coolers all to cook up and barbecues and incredible and this food was just offered out to everyone hey you play for you play for these guys and you play for those guys brilliant are you hungry come on come on over i've got chicken wings we've got you know burgers and yeah chicken burgers whatever it was such a sense of community where everyone was supportive of everyone. It was incredible. Now, the conditions at Stone Mountain, I think, also had a factor to play because it was absolutely lashing it down and uh, everyone was kind of miserable. So everyone in the pipe band kind of area made it their business to cheer up everyone in the pipe band area. I think, famously, the guys of the Atlanta pipe band, I uh, think at the, at the very entrance of the thing, they were holding like a karaoke competition or something. They had screens up on their pipe band tent. They had loud music playing, like pop music and stuff. And people were dancing. And uh, I, You would never get that in the UK. And um, that's one thing perhaps we could do better here in the UK. Is perhaps socialise better as bands. Now one thing we do is, in the UK is we do socialise in the beer tent. That has to be said, bands do intermingle, and we do have that sense of pipe band community in the beer tent. Now, that's one big thing I have to say about beer tents. I know I've been famously quoted as saying that competitions don't need them. (laughs) Much to my detriment, a lot of people say disagree. Uh, But yeah, beer tents are there as social spaces, and now I can really see the value in them. Because that's the one real place where the pipe band world here in the UK have to socialise together. So if you want to talk to everyone from a particular band or grade or that, beer tent's the place to do it. So in this case, in Stone Mountain, they had these tent villages and stuff, and it was just a real sense of community. And one real thing that I took away, I think I actually spoke about this in my on-the-ground report, that there was one particular band who was tuning up, and there was one piper who was having a real difficulty with his chander. It was just not playing ball, and even I as a drummer, I could hear it from across the way, they were, and the guy was really struggling. And um, I'm not going to name the band, but then someone else from a, a tent further up uh, just kind of shouted over and said, Hey, you having trouble there? And the guy just kind of looks at him and says, Yeah, of course I am. I can't get this damn thing to work. So the guy just said, Here, have mine. I don't need it until about three o'clock. Here you go. And he pulls his chanter out of his pipes and gives it to him. Now, I don't know if these two guys know each other very well. But they they played in different bands. And I can only assume that these different bands came from different parts of the country. And, um, yeah, here was an example of just helping them out. Hey, hey, you're having trouble? My chanter seems to be going okay. Why don't you give it a blow for an hour or two and even play it? You know, here you go. I was absolutely blown away. That would never, ever happen here in the UK. At the very most, you would maybe lend someone a pair of sticks. You would maybe lend them your cape or even your drum cover or something. You'd maybe lend them a harness or, you know, something that's insignificant. I've even heard of some bands lending drums. have seen that happen before. Say you get a bust head and you haven't got time to change it out and you need to borrow a drum. There has been bands that have lent drums before. I've seen that happen, but I've never, ever seen bands lend pipes or land chanters that was something new so if anything it kind of just gave me that warm and fuzzy feeling going everyone's just helping each other this is awesome 
<laughs> there was no real rivalry there. There was no bitterness between the bands. There was none of the kind of backroom chatting, slabbering about each other. Oh, see them. We don't talk about them because they beat us last week. Or, you, know, you know, there was none of that. There was no kind of argy-bargy. All the bands really seemed to get along. And because of the conditions, everyone tried to help everyone as well. Which was, uh, like I said... Give you the warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) Now, the next thing on my list of things that I learned from Stone Mountain was number one, the March Past. The March Past! Now, this thing um, called opening ceremonies. Uh, People in the US, what's going on? Why do you have opening ceremonies? Why? Um... I didn't quite understand it. I was basically told to play mass band scores and I hadn't learned them. Nobody told me what they were. And I was like, what? What are we playing? And uh, I think uh, Jeremy, who was playing with me, just says, don't worry about it, mate. Yeah, it's a couple of four fours or something. You'll get it. Uh, what? Um, you know I haven't played in six years. Uh, what am I doing? And then we hit the opening rolls. up. And all these guys all standing around me. And then within a few seconds, they go, oh, I know what I'm doing. It was really weird. Really weird. Now, I do know that opening ceremonies is a massive deal. And uh, everyone marches on as like three different big mass bands. And then you all stand there, a couple of speeches. And the games are now open. Everyone can go have fun. And then you all march off. You know, and that was such an experience. But at Stone Mountain, it was particularly an experience because of the conditions. We were standing there in the lashing rain for over an hour. And that was punishing. Now, I don't care who you are, but that was not easy. Standing there with the rain bitten off your face. I actually had to take my specs off and shut my eyes because I couldn't see the rain was bitten in my face that hard. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) I have to give a special mention to Kevin Conquest, who did warn me about the opening ceremonies and how the March Pasts and all this kind of, the grand finale, all that stuff is all organised. He said it runs like absolute clockwork. He says, you'll not believe how organised everyone is. Just wait till you see. And And I have to say, he was absolutely right. And that's one thing, another thing that I really think us in the UK could do better. Whenever you look at the grand finale or the march past for the world championships here this last year in the UK, I think it took over two and a half hours, something like that, for the march past from start to finish. Something like that. I can't remember how long it was, but I know it was a long time. Anyway, from the first band marched in until the last band came in. And uh, yeah, could we do that differently and have our grand finale and our prize given and all of that finished up quicker at the world's? Well, now seeing how things are done in the United States, I would definitely argue, yes, you could. Now, us, you know, whenever we were doing the opening ceremonies, uh, Kevin was our drum major. And he very quickly put us into our ranks, told us, everyone, what we were doing. He basically just shouted instructions to all of the bands who were standing there. And just said, right, everybody, this is what we're doing. This is where you're walking. This is the tunes that you're playing. You're playing them so many times through. And then you'll stand there until I tell you to go again. And then you're playing... Instructions. Bit by bit. A to B to C to D. It was brilliant. 
I honestly think it was so good because then everyone knew what was happening and there was no mucking about. Oh, where's my hat? I forgot my hat. Oh, where's my cape? I forgot my cape. Have you got my sticks? I forgot my sticks. There was none of that. Oh, Jimmy's away to the toilet. Can you wait 10 minutes? He's going to the port loo No, that was it. Tough. Jimmy's missed it. He's away. The van's away without him. There was none of that nonsense that I remember standing about quite a few years waiting to get into the march past oh hold on we can't go yet why oh two of them boys had to go to the loo so they're away you know wait 10 minutes so you're having to stand there like a lemon wait till they come back and then they come back and then oh somebody else has to they forgot their hat at the bus they have to go back to the bus to get their hat hold on hold on she's forgot her hat there was none of that now everyone turned up ready for opening ceremonies there was no messing kevin gave out the orders and everyone marched in prepared. Everyone knew what they were doing, apart from me. <laughs> I hadn't a clue. But I think within 30 seconds to about, you know, 30, 40 seconds after the first part really had played, I kind of got the idea of what I was supposed to do. And then once I kind of remembered the instructions that Kevin had shouted to everyone, I kind of knew exactly what he meant then. We were playing a certain tune a certain way so many times through, and that was it. Cool. You know, I really take from that that there is a better way to do this. There is absolutely a better way to do March Pasts, Grand Finales, all that sort of thing. But it takes organisation. The very fact that all of these bands, all of you guys in the United States, all have mass band tunes, mass band scores. And that's all been prior arranged. And it's all standard fare. Us here in the UK, we don't have that. We do have standard 3-4-4-4 scores for the drummers. We have standard tunes like Scotland the Brave, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Of course, we do have all of that. But bands always like to put their own individual twist on things. So sometimes the, like the mass band kind of you know, flavour of things does get lost in translation, I feel. Can we do March Pasts better here in the UK? Definitely. I think we can take a huge lesson with how things are done in the United States... And perhaps it's something that we could look at. Now, everyone listening in the UK right now are going, What? Seriously? Everyone march on as a mass band? Well, trust me, I honestly had my doubts about it whenever I was in the US thinking, This will never work. How does this work? The sheer amount of people marching on at one time. How can this, how can this make sense? And for some reason, it all clicked. It, everyone knew what to do. And it was so easy. And before we knew it, all the bands were in the arena and not even 10, 15 minutes had passed. Every competing band that was on that competition that day was in that arena ready for the speeches in a matter of 10 minutes. Now that's unheard of. (laughs) So is it something we could do here in the UK better? Definitely. Definitely, 100%, I am absolutely sold now on how things are done in the US from that regard. I think opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies are very similar in how bands march in together and make mass bands. I I honestly now haven't been in it and seeing how it functions and how drum majors play a major role and actually putting it all together, I do think that it is quite a ways forward. So mm, perhaps it's something we could consider even to toy about with some of our minor competitions locally here in Northern Ireland, maybe we could do it. I think we did try it before to varying different degrees of success. I don't know. It's something we could revisit, you know, with better organization, perhaps if the tune selection was known ahead of time, uh, all that sort of stuff. You know, 
I think that's one thing that you guys in the United States have over us in the UK whenever with from that regard is that you have all of that prior arranged and everyone knew what was doing, what was happening. That's something a big lesson that I took from that definitely. Anyway, flying on to let's talk about the guys of North Texas, shall we? Now, it has been suggested that North Texas flew in a couple of ringers to play in their drum corps. I did hear this mentioned on another podcast. <clears throat> Hashtag channel rant, that the guys at North Texas flew in a couple of ringers and walked away with the title. Now, that's actually quite hurtful. Now, this is going into the whole topic that those guys talked about over there about flying in ringers. Let's put it across. I was playing with the guys of North Texas after having never lifted the sticks in about seven years, six, seven years, I suppose. Now, granted, yes, I have experience. Not going to lie, I've told you guys before, I've played in all the grades from the top flight to the bottom flight. I have (laughs) played in all the grades and I've been there, done that. So, yes, I do have experience. But can you seriously call me a ringer whenever I haven't played in years? Now, honestly, I hold my hands up. My own particular performance with the guys at North Texas was ropey at best. Given the conditions, it was lashing with rain and uh, yeah, I didn't play to my full capacity. I, I didn't feel that I had gave it my all and had a good good run. I actually thought I was a bit shaky in places. I, I didn't come off too confident thinking, yeah, we've done the business there. I actually came off thinking, you, Rob, you could have done better, mate. But, you know, overall, Ed and the lead drummer was happy. Ed, the lead drummer, was happy. And the pipe major, Don, was happy too. So overall, it was a job well done. And yes, lo and behold, we did walk away with the win. So, hey, you know, sometimes you can play a little bit shaky and still come away with the title. But yeah, I'm just slagging myself off, I think. there. I, I just don't think that I could be classed as a ringer whenever I haven't played in years. Also, Winston, I think, also couldn't be classed as a, a a ringer so to speak because he'd been registered with north texas now for over a year or so he's been playing with them for now for a while plus also before then he hasn't been registered with a band above grade 4b so not really technically a, a ringer so yeah those kind of accusations are thrown around and yeah that kind of it stings a bit because you know essentially there were no rules that were broken you know we definitely made sure about that whenever we were getting signed up and that but we weren't breaking any rules and all of that so yeah we were very careful there was nothing untoward there was nothing you know done intentionally to damage the piping scene over there so whenever you hear rumors like this talked about on other podcasts i just wanted to set the rules straight and to say that yeah that wasn't the case yeah. <laughs> so the guys at North Texas welcomed us with open arms, you know, because they were more than happy to see us come and lift a drum and play a few tunes with them and just experience the piping scene in the US. Now, Winston obviously has been with the band before, so he was an old hand and he knew everyone, whereas I was just getting to know everyone around me and yeah, got introduced to a load of new people, a load of new music, a load of new food, a load of new places and experiences, and it was a lot to take in. So, yeah, let's talk about the practices. North Texas's band practices were an absolute experience in themselves. I think I briefly mentioned this in an interview with Ed Best on the podcast on our On the Ground report. Ed Best's band practice is so relaxed. <laughs> I've never been to a practice where the guys just, you know, sit down at a table, crack open a can of beer and then start having a laugh with everyone around the table. 
Then we all bring the sticks out. We play a few tunes. We have we do work now. We don't all just you know sit and drink and be stupid. We do actually have actual work to do. We break the parts down. We get the playing right, the phrasing right. We do actual drumming work. And then we take a break. We sit back. We have a little drink. We have the crack. We sit and chat away to each other and uh, you know get to know each other. And then someone just lifts the sticks again, has a wee rattle. I'm still not getting that part. And then before we know it, we're all working at it again. And we're back in. And then the work's getting done. And then we take another step back. We relax. It was such an easy experience. Now, for me, band practice has always been work and always has been hard work you arrive at band practice at 7 p.m and you have your sticks in your hand and you are playing hard now there's no let up there's no breaks now i remember whenever i was a smoker i used to smoke in my early 20s i used to smoke like a pack a day and i had to yeah there was no such thing as smoke breaks back then you you weren't allowed to go outside and have a cigarette so the only way you could get a cigarette is to light one up and smoke it while you were playing so, yeah, many years of getting cigarette smoke in your eye when you're playing and all that and trying to see. and Anyway, that's a whole disaster. So, yeah, foolishly, I was a smoker and you never got smoke breaks at band practice. You just kept playing. So all the way through until about 10.30 that night. And then, uh, yeah, you were finally let home. Now, during that time... The only downtime that you really had where you had a chance to talk to your fellow bandmates is whenever the pipers were tuning and you were on drums. So you had to set the drums down and wait for the pipers to finish tuning. That was the only real downtime. Band practices, from my experience in the UK, from all grades, from the top flight to the bottom, were hard work. Where there was not much socialising going on as that everyone was there to put the work in. That was the biggest thing that I took away from the UK scene, but from, yeah, how Ed runs his practices, such a relaxed affair. Now, don't get me wrong, the work did still get done. There were some things to get worked at, and they did get kind of workshopped, do you know what I mean? There were some bits where, yeah, there was a lot of work done. Um, But yeah, we still managed to sit around and actually have some camaraderie, which I honestly think was a massive takeaway. And who knows, if I ever did lift the sticks and actually take over a core again, I'd actually learn quite a lot of lessons with how Ed actually ran his practices. That I think he said it on the podcast, actually, that as much as he expects the drum core to work, essentially, you still have to be mates with everyone. You have to get along with the people that you're playing with. (laughs) which was actually quite a good lesson to learn on my behalf, you know? Because that's one thing we kind of take for granted in the UK, is that you're there to compete, and you work to win, and that's it. And, you know, you don't really care much about socializing with each other and stuff. But that's one thing that the guys at North Texas really did well, is that they all hung out together. For instance, whenever we finished the competition at Stone Mountain, the band all went back to this restaurant uh, we all hung out together and had a big meal together as a band. Now, which was a great opportunity for me to talk to more players in the band and meet new people and all of that. But it was just class the way the band hung out together uh, for a celebratory dinner. You know, we had a great competition, guys. Let's all go for a dinner. And that was unusual for me as well. Normally, whenever you win a competition, yay, it's great, whoopee, and then you jump in the car and you go home, and you don't see anybody again. You maybe post something on social media saying, yippee, we won today, Uh, and that would be about it. Now, obviously, major championships are different. Perhaps you're taking a bus, and you bring your trophy onto the bus, 
Yay, we're on the bus, lads. Yay, we won. Whoopee. And you play a few tunes on the way home. You have a bit of a sing-song on the back of the bus on the way home. And that's it. That was it. Now, this is something that the guys at North Texas seem to do different, is that they all socialize together. They all said, right, we're all sticking together. No one's going their separate ways. We're all going to this particular restaurant or whatever, and we're all sticking together, and we'll socialize as a big unit. And apparently, a load of other bands do the same. Like, I've, for instance, I've heard other stories of bands who went out for, like, different killies and stuff that were happening as part of the festival and different things. So bands, you know, seem to socialize together, which was very heartwarming as well because I am used to everyone just going their separate ways. So that was really interesting to me. So, yeah, what an experience playing with the guys of North Texas. By no means am I complaining if anything, I do mean it when I say it was a life-changing experience. It really was. And again, I can't thank them enough for the opportunity. Having a bit of an Egypt like me lift the sticks again after so many years was definitely a bit of a gamble. Uh, you know, I could have walked in there and completely screwed it all up for everyone. Uh, but thankfully, I didn't seem to mess it up too badly and we came away and actually managed to lift the price. So that was quite a relief. <laughs> so quite good. Yeah, the work paid off after all. So, yeah, I wanted to say, before we close out this week's topic of the week, I have to say there's an, another couple of big things that I really wanted to put across from lessons learned from Stone Mountain, and I'll never mention them again. Number one, everything in the United States piping scene takes so much work and effort. Everything it takes so much effort to do even the small things like holding a band practice it takes so much coordination you have to organize travel and in some cases people need hotels and time off from work and even for a simple thing as a weekend practice with the band it takes so much effort and again this ties in with the passion element of what i've learned is that people in the united states have such a passion for this music that they are willing to travel and work as hard as they do to make it happen. Now, this ties in with things such as recruitment. Recruitment in the bagpiping world in the United States is another topic in itself. It's such a huge area. And I've spoken to many bands as I was over there about their experience with recruitment and just what made them lift the pipes or the sticks for the first time. Recruitment is such a massive issue in the United States and it's based on geography because the country is so big recruitment is a massive deal and it's such a hard thing to do for bands to attract new members and it's something I didn't really appreciate until I actually visited it so absolutely everything requires so much effort and just you know dogged determination to make something happen such as a band practice or even something simple like a concert or getting your equipment to a venue. That was another thing. I think it was a, Joe Brady famously drives the van that holds all of Wake and District's stuff. You know, all their trailer that's full of all their drums and, you know, everything. Joe drives that and, I don't know, it's like a 15-hour drive or something crazy. So, yeah, the sheer amount of effort that's employed and doing some simple things that us here in the UK take for granted, it's just mind-boggling. 
going to band practice here the the furthest away band practice i ever had to go to was an hour and a half away from my house and i complained about that i was saying oh that's an hour and a half worth of a drive there an hour and a half back again i can't be bothered and sure enough i lasted one season with that band i'm not going to say who it is uh, but <laughs> yeah i complained about having to travel an hour and a half there an hour and a half back whereas now i'm looking at it thinking i was crazy what was i complaining about there are people who have to jump on airplanes to go to band practice. Shut your mouth, Rob. So, yeah, I got a real appreciation for the sheer amount of effort put in by people in the United States uh, to just to have a piping scene at all. So, guys, I really want to take my hat off to you, to everyone in the United States uh, and the piping scene over there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me and uh yeah I, for everyone at stone mountain and to everyone i took the time to talk to and took the time to talk to me it was just the best experience and i learned so much and yeah it's something honestly i will that will certainly flavor my opinion on the uk piping scene near how now going forward i have seen now how it can be done internationally and i do think there are quite a lot of lessons that we can learn here in the uk from you guys there in the united states now, don't get me wrong, I know the United States is not the be-all and end-all of the piping world, and that there is piping scenes in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, uh, Russia, uh, I think there's even one in Switzerland as well. That's so many different piping scenes around the world, and everyone does it differently, and I would love to learn more. Yes, I, this is something that's really incredibly interesting to me. I think the international piping scene is one that's so interesting about how we all do it differently, but we all do it essentially the same. Do you know what I mean? Uh, maybe not, but I don't know. That's kind of me being very Irish at that point. It's the same, but different. But <laughs> yeah, international piping scene, I think we can all learn so much from each other and how we can further our art form and just make it better and more enjoyable for everyone. I think there's so many lessons we can learn from the US, plus lessons from how people do it in Australia, from New Zealand, from South Africa, so many different piping scenes, there's so many lessons we can learn from each other. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess this week's topic of the week has been a long-winded one. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, but yeah, I did want to get that off my chest. I think it has been an absolutely life-changing experience and one of which that I just wanted to bring you guys here on the podcast this week. So many great lessons from the scene in America. Now, in closing, again, thank you to the guys at North Texas First of all, for your amazing gift and giving us the good quality audio that our listeners deserve. Thank you, North Texas. You are awesome. But also for giving me the opportunity to go over there and play in the United States at all and opening your doors to an idiot like me who hasn't lifted the sticks in years. Thank you for the opportunity. And to Jeremy for being our chauffeur. You are awesome. And uh, yeah, who knows? This may not be the last time I lift the sticks again. Uh, it has been fun. I have enjoyed playing again. And uh, just kind of forgot how fun it was, to be honest. Learning scores and that and sitting in the house and playing through tunes and that. It's just been really enjoyable. And just rediscovering that love of the music again. I've been talking about it for long enough on the radio. and talking about it here in the podcast for long enough. And just forgot how much fun it was to actually play. And be part of a team of people with a collective goal to try and achieve and play well. And yeah, just so enjoyable. I really, 
yeah, can't stress that enough. It was good to have the sticks back in my hand again. Will I be seen playing in another competitive band this incoming season? I don't know. I don't know. Now, needless to say, I have had quite a number of offers coming in. So thank you, everyone, who's got in contact with me saying, Ah, Rob, you're playing again. Great. Why don't you come and play with us? Um, so <laughs> thank you, everyone. Uh, time is a huge uh, commitment with me at the moment because obviously I'm doing two hours worth of live radio on Fuse. I'm working for the BBC as well. And I'm also doing the Rab Show podcast. So, yeah, time is a big thing. So, I don't know. Will I lift the sticks again with another band? Eh, remains to be seen. At the moment, I'm officially registered with North Texas. Uh, so, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I, I have no idea at this point. We're rolling into Christmas. It's in the mouth of November. So, I don't know. The world just seems a lifetime away. You know, the big year next year and other major championships are a lifetime away right now. But trust me, other pipe bands all around the world right now are busy working and preparing. So let me just say that if you're traveling to band practice right now, or perhaps you're coming back from practice, or you have a band practice coming up, and then you're just dreading that feeling of going, oh, I really don't want to go. I just want to sit in the house in front of the telly, you know, a cup of tea in my hand with my slippers on. I can't be bothered going and sitting in a freezing cold band hall and trying to learn an MSR. Well, trust me, you're not alone. Hundreds of other people, in fact thousands of other pipers and drummers around the world are doing the same thing you are. And it's at this stage in the piping world, it's at this stage of the the whole season, this is when prizes are won. Now I know that sounds very cheesy, but it's 100% true. If you have a bad winter's practice, you'll have a bad season. And yeah, I think that's no secret. If you have a bad winter, you'll have a bad season. So... If you want to do well this incoming season, then buckle down, I think. Put up with all the travel and the cold winter nights. And before you know it, you'll be standing in the grass with the kilt on. And you'll be able to play your tunes well. And with pride as well. So, stick in there. A little bit of a motivational pep talk at the end of this week's podcast. But I do know that a lot of people are struggling through this winter so far. So, stick at it, folks. Don't worry. The pipe band season will open its doors very soon. And before you know it, you'll be back on the grass again. Just stick at it. Stick at it. Okay, guys, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thank you so much for downloading this week and for uh, taking the time to listen to us. And, uh, yeah, if you would like to help support the show, don't forget you can support us. Go and check out our Patreon page. With every click of support, you help support what we do and help us purchase new equipment, get access to venues, to events and different things so we can bring you loads of content, piping and drumming, be it on social media and all that sort of stuff and of course uh, recorded audio for the podcast and on Fuse FM and uh, so much stuff that's where you can go and help support us go and check us out on Patreon and be part of the Patreon faithful until then guys that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast thanks again for listening and we will catch you all again here next week don't forget by the way to send us in your listener mail and we really want to hear your voicemails send us in your voicemails if you have anything that you would like to say on the pipe band world maybe you have some commentary on the podcast and the show maybe you'd like to suggest a topic of the week just email us your voicemail bigrabshow at gmail.com we would love to hear from you okay 
That's me. I'm actually away this time. How many times did I say goodbye there? <laughs> That's me. All right. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Reads, played by bands around the world, including our current world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com for all of your merch and to be kept up to date with all the news, views and chat throughout the week. Also, check us out on Patreon and become some of the Patreon faithful for loads of extra content for just $5 a month. Until next time, guys, thanks for checking out the Rab Show podcast, and we'll see you all next week. All the best.